Get into it. High five. Yeah! Housemates are gonna hate I, me. I know, who knows? They're watching dark downstairs. Who knows if they can hear us? Probably yes, because this house is a cavern of noise. It's a terraced house. Terraced house is a lie that you can hear everything. You can hear the neighbors. Is this true? Actually, I've not heard the neighbors. I didn't tell you the story about the guy next door. He's been building the house for about six to seven years, very, very slowly. Why? And he just lives inside of it. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no windows. I know. Is but there he, a toilet? But, well, I guess he sorts himself out. Sorry, but that's a front for a drug operation or something. Well, I was in there. Yeah, actually, it's pretty sad. He actually got like beat up by that. Hmm? Because we don't have, there's no, there's no squatters, but people went in there and then they discovered that he was there and they beat him up. Pretty sad. People are weird. But I can hear everyone like practicing their music in this house and it's so great. <laughs> I like how I love it. it's the squatters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. God, these pop chips are so good. God, you guys are gonna hate this fucking outtakes video. Okay. If you hate the sound of people chewing, here we go. Just a forewarn. But this no. is this is for you, ASMR people. If you don't like the sound of people chewing, tune out now. I felt quivers. <laughs> so this is the first time that we've been recording two episodes in one night. This intro. is new. I'm gonna fucking intro. Go for it, bitch. Hold on, I need another pop chip. <sighs> Best intro we've done yet, guys. If you've listened to the last, last, if you've listened to the last episode, you know that we're doing two episodes in one night, and you know yeah. that we've already had a bottle of wine and some beer and uh -huh. some. But we're really drunk by this point. But through the powers of technology and time, for you, we're here. It's, a, it's another fucking week. And we're already on the game. <laughs> so, welcome. <laughs> we're gonna say welcome. Good thing no one can see us right now, we're animals. <laughs> Love a bit of animalistic tendencies. Anyway, alright. <laughs> um, okay, so. You guys are listening to Drunk Art Review. Drunk Art Review. We're slowly descending and into insanity. You are here with us, and everyone from teetotal to blind ass drunk is willing to give their honest ass opinion. Is well, is willing and welcome to give their honest ass opinions about all forms of art, and that today is you and you are here with us and we have some wine and we're gonna talk about some shit and who knows whether you're gonna be able to follow whatever i'm saying but we're here and it's happening i honestly think this is probably like the first actual drunk art review that no, we've no. done in a long time oh yeah because we have <laughs> so not gonna say not ever because i was gonna say you remember that some... cinematic one that i haven't edited yet yeah guys there's, a, there's, there's, there's an episode where we had a guest and lost we, in time we got absolutely wrecked on that one probably because i made one of my famous cocktails and if i've mentioned before it was strong if i probably have it was about 90 percent alcohol because that's just how I make cocktails. Yeah, and, uh, if, if it was a weightlifter, it'd be swashing me a Really, that episode needs to be edited because you need to hear that. 
That um, was like one of the second ones we recorded. It see, was... the thing is, I thought it was lost for months, and I was really panicking because we it's like three hours long. But it's it's but I got go. it. I, but I've got it, and one one day it I will mean, resurface. like half half of it is like toilet breaks because me and Rosie yeah. have drunk so much that we had to keep going to the loo. I just remember you like laying horizontal on the couch, but not like I don't remember this. But you then weren't I was drunk. you were like laying on the couch. You were laying like as you if you had sat on the couch, you'd like turned horizontal. So you were this rectangle <laughs> angle, um, and you were like. Text anyone. <laughs> and it was great. And it was great. I was gonna text what? Anyone. Oh god. Which is so if much better of, than saying one person in particular. If you were <laughs> one of if you were one of the many poor men that I was sending filthy texts to during the episode. Well the, well say I you're would, welcome. I was gonna say I would apologise, but I'm not going to because I don't give a fuck. Um I only say you're welcome to that kind of shit because you're fucking great. You yep. wanna ride the train? Come along, you don't need a ticket, you just jump on. No, you better buy a fucking ticket, you're not getting on my train without a fucking ticket, boy. Oh yeah, but the doors won't open if I want them jumping on. It's a, a symbiotic, all-knowing train. God, this episode's gonna be a shit so. So again, right. wel- welcome to Drunk Horror. Okay. This episode... This episode is... Called Silence. Or... I wrote it down as Hush. Definitely called Silence in every other version of the paperwork we've written. I've written Silence slash Hush because, I mean, if you, if you, if any of you guys have seen the, the film Hush, amazing. But also, I just like the term of it, like, Hush. Very ASMR with all the rest of this pop chip crunching stuff. Oh god, Blah. I'm so and sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Oh god, I'm so Rosie, don't. You're going to put off so many people. We're going to lose <gasps> half our listeners. <gasps> oh, it's so good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'd love to make an ASMR video. And you know what? Like, oh, I mean, I'm going to very creepily shout out, like, an Instagram friend. Okay. <laughs> he, he makes some, like, phenomenal, like, um, very, like, pop culture Simpsons and Futurama, like, artwork. But he, he always like does like art resin and like it's like visual ASMR. Um, oh, you've showed him. Yes, yeah. I know, and I'm such a perv about it, and I feel like I worry that he thinks I'm a perv about it too. Because I'm a like, perv about a lot of every things. Every time, used to every it. time I'm like, oh, I send a message. I'm like, oh, this is so good, and he's like, yeah, art resin porn, and that's a uh, by Nick <laughs> on Instagram. You can find him like by underscore Nick. It's great. Like, she's um, literally messaged me or, like, spoken to me before on the phone and been like, I had this dream the other night and I was, like, having this really erotic dream about, like, making art residues. <laughs> I've just been like, excuse me? I actually messaged him about that. Well, I didn't say it was erotic, but I just said that I, I had a dream about the art residue. Well, was, Nick. And he was the, clearly the only person I needed to, like, message about. Well, Nick, well, there you go. Well, he's the other person that we want to have on the podcast. Like, I messaged him before. Go on so. it, boy. Sorry, that was really unprofessional. Well, well you know Nick, what? If you would like to, please come on the podcast. Well, you know what? Now, now I'm in London. We should hang out. Wouldn't was that he be based great? around Yeah, he's like living in London. So Nick, we'd love to have I, you on. I mean, I guess. I, promise... I think you're in London. <laughs> I, <fucking laughs> I mean, on Instagram I, it says in London. I right, promise so. we're not always this wrecked. We're fun. I think you'd enjoy it. Blow your own trumpet, Jesus Christ, girl. Well, you know what? Right. Who else is going to blow your my own trumpet? My same part of my brain is telling me to round. If I had less around. ribs, I'd blow my Oh, Jesus. <gasps> oh, God. Oh. There we go. Anyway, 
the so same fun. part of my brain is ringing us back round. So we are talking about silence. So as I said, or oh, hush, a little hush. silence. <laughs> as I said a little while ago in the episode, we have filmed two episodes back to back, and we've been getting progressively drunk yeah, this through is, the evening. This is the second bottle. Just give you some, just give you some context. Cider. So not only are we recording two episodes, but this weekend is particularly special because Rosie turned thirty back in June. I did. She's joined me in the thirty club. Ah! But because obviously with the global pandemic that's oh, yeah. going on, we couldn't really do anything. I mean, some of you might have seen me have my own like. Uh, Happy birthday fiasco, I getting mean, drunk in the garden, like on live, because yeah, I, mean, I turned I into the son of uh, Telepod Tubbies and it was the best thing. Oh ever. god, I mean I didn't help because I arrived at one point during the day in a socially distanced manner, I'd like to add, with balloons mm-hmm. and cake I and, know, a, I loved and a massive bag of beer. So I probably didn't help. But yeah, but I'd already had like a yeah, gin she, beforehand, I didn't She'd realize. been drinking gin since like 10 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was um, like, you know what, it's just me just me and that because I was alone in the house and I thought you know what we've got a lovely garden I'm just gonna get drunk by and myself. then I, I rocked up with dogs I know blues. she bought her dog Doris and I was just like I'm gonna get the hose out and seriously I had the best fun ever it was great so and then of course I was like I'm gonna do a live why not oh god and she was reading poetry and me and my so- mom were watching it and we were like <laughs> what is going on you know what people fucking love that we love you we love they you. like that yes right see Having a bit of this wine with some of that lemon is so fucking nice. I'm just trying to water it down so I don't get too drunk too quickly. Well, that's anyway. that's my key too, but this is tasty. So, putting it into context, so not only are we recording two episodes back to back in a weekend, because we'll be doing that in the future from now, and because Rosie now lives in London and she has I all the recordings, she does, which you will have noticed um, on her Instagram, and we mentioned it in the previous episode. And that's why we haven't been posting quite so much on the Instagram. <laughs> needed to have the settle down, needed you know, to get up. She's been a busy yeah. girl. She's got a lot going on. So we've been having a little bit of a catch-up session. So we apologise you've not had as many episodes as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that you like just jumping in when we do get put out. <laughs> so we are going to be recording back-to-back episodes now. Uh-huh. They will still be coming out twice a month. But it's oh, just yeah, we yeah. record them in yeah. one session. Now usually we record them and then one comes out. And, then and I, I we have, pace them out I have bit, a very but. distinct feeling that the first episode of each of these two duos that we do each time when we record. It's going to be pretty sober. Second one's going to be pretty drunk. Really wrecked, yeah. Because so. just to give you some context, we were drinking, Rosie had a beer and I had a cider with dinner because I cooked her a, a delicious pasta. Oh, she did. And then oh. we drank a bottle of wine for the it's first It's like having episode. a husband over. She was telling me about like putting shelves up. I was like, oh my God, please. I like doing DIY. I, I love it. Look, I don't have a man in my life. A girl's got to be able to do her own <laughs> shit, so I have my own drill. Girls just want to um, have fun. Yeah, we just drunk a lot by this point. So the second episode, every other episode is going to be really fucking drunk. We're going to pre-warn you now. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we go. to be fair, it's been a while since you've had quite a hammered episode. Yeah, so normally we're pretty chilled. We're here for it. I'm here for it. We've still got half a bottle of wine to go. And, oh, I've got ale. You don't like ale. Oh, I've got God ale in no. the cupboard. But. God, no, I think I mentioned in a previous episode that I grew up in a pub. And I think the smell of beer from a young age has put me off being able to drink beer as an adult. Yeah, I get that. Well, we've got the episode title that we already told you about, which is called Silence or Hush. Oh God, if, she's uh, really hamming on with this hush. <laughs> I like the hush. Hush, 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 hush. Hush. Which kind of follows on nicely because our last episode was Chinese Whispers. Yeah, that's what I think. Then we want yeah. like the two together. I think we'll probably be doing that more and more and more, won't we? Like, we're like two episodes that like you know 
I mean, I don't know, I kind of like it. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like the randomness sometimes, especially when we've had a heavier episode and then we uh, have a, you know, a more light-hearted one. Yeah. So it might be random, they might make sense, who knows. And I mean, so many of, my, so many of the things I talk about are so, like, fucking dark. <laughs> and then there's me, if you've listened to the last episode, that fucking horse, man. What? Fucking yeah. horse, Jesus Christ. It's, well, like, it's like Jesus sloth all over again. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 not entirely uh, read up on the shit I'm going to talk about, but shall I go first? Rosie is going <laughs> to go first. So not only are we completely underprepared, we That's are completely so, drunk. I'm so unprepared. All right. It's cool. It's cool. I, okay, so hit me with your rhythm stick, girl. Hit me with your rhythm, rhythm sticks. Stick. Hit, hit me. me. <laughs> Me. Oh my god, our fans are gonna hate us for so. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do old school okay. with drunk art where I'm gonna show you the piece of artwork and then talk about it. Okay, so fitting in within the theme of silence, let's have a look at this art piece that Rosie is going to show me. Alright, I'm gonna have a bit a second of minute while I find it. <laughs> you mean you don't have it ready for I me? I do, but like I don't want you to look just look away. Okay, hold on. Hold on, because alright, alright, here we go. Okay, so, um, hold on. Oh no, don't look, don't look. Look at him doing my hair, Jesus Christ, oh. woman. Oh, what's happening? Google's doing something. You mean you're doing something wrong? It's loading. Oh, I feel like I'm in an 8-bit 90s music video. Jesus Christ. Hold on, it's happening. It's happening. God, you're gonna have so much fun editing this bullshit off. Yeah, I know, it's gonna be great. All right, oh, 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 here we go, okay, so. Okay. Oh, all right. What uh, in oh. great fuckery was what that? What the fuck is happening? It keeps loading. <laughs> keeps loading. Disapproved. Jesus Christ, Google, sort your shit out, man. <laughs> My internet's great, but what's happening? All right, all right. No, don't, don't look. I'm don't. not looking. I'm okay. just realised that I've dribbled wine down my leg. Okay. Right. Uh, hold on. Jesus Christ, Daniel, if you listen to this, you've got a lot to look forward to, handsome. Okay, alright. <laughs> alright, so, here we go. Jesus fuck, what is this picture? I gave Is you... this a triptych? Yeah, it is. Okay, so it, just... You know what, I, you know, I gave you a, um, uh, a notebook from Madrid with this on. Well, did I give that to myself? I got two. I got one for me and one for you. If it was from this, then it was a close-up. It wasn't a scene like this. Just to give you guys an idea of what I'm currently looking at. It's a triptych of images. So the main image, a triptych for those who don't aren't familiar hey, with- It was me. So a triptych for those who aren't familiar with art terms is a set of three images. And in my opinion, those three images kind of like are similar in a way that they obviously fit together mm -hmm. because there's a theme that runs through them. And sometimes each image is the same size and sometimes yeah. the central one is bigger and the two side ones are then smaller. Just depends on the artist's preference. So that is basically what a triptych is. Don't freak out about it. That's just a basic kind of art term that this triptych. Um, it's very busy. It is. There is right? a lot going on. There is folks. so much going on. And this is called the Garden of Earthly Delights. And this is by... There is. I'm trying to process all the images. <laughs> and this is Hieronymus Bosch. The main theme that you see, even as like a bystander, is the fact that you have heaven, earth, hell. Oh, is that what it is? This is the thing. And within earth is the biggest of the triptych and also has the most shit going on. 
I suppose because the viewer that's looking at it is experiencing yeah. Earth at the time, so it makes sense that the central image is Earth because yeah, yeah, yeah. and is the biggest because that's what we experience yeah, yeah, as yeah. we're looking and at. And actually, in most but, in most cultures, you know, um, Earth is actually the uh, plane of figuring things out, and also like uh, mm -hmm. the idea of what you call it when you're stuck in stuck in limbo. I just want to say, okay, when Rosie said that it was heaven, current Earth, and then hell, when I first saw this image, I didn't think that because. From here, where I'm looking at it, I've not really gotten really because there's a, there is a lot going on. There is on. a lot going on. There's a lot and going on. And I've got a big screen, image. so it's like, what? There's a lot going on in each image. Even the hell one, like, because it doesn't seem like. When you think of hell, you think red, fire, pain. From this, this like, it's perspective. It's black, isn't it? But from this perspective, and from this distance, I mean, I've got my glasses, so I'm not saying I'm blind, but I mean, I do have to see from distance. But because the images are so busy, I'll be perfectly honest, it just looks like a massive fucking party in all of the images. <laughs> well, if you, if, you, if you kind of, it's weird actually. I mean, it's not until you get really super close into the yeah, hell yeah, yeah. version, sorry if the volume gets up, I'm just getting a bit closer, yeah. that you can see there's actually some weird stabbings and some really, I mean, there's a pig with a nun's hat on oh, there. Oh yeah, I mean, there's I some, can go into that shit. But. It's very kind of... <laughs> Considering it's hell, it's very uh -huh. like it's influenced by Dali, even though this is clearly yeah, pre-Dali. Yeah. It's very surreal. Yeah. Very and, surreal. And, but it just looks like a massive party. See, from here. see, the weird thing is there's only like twenty-two or twenty-one illustrations and painting well, twenty-one to twenty-two paintings mm. of his, maybe twenty-five, something, a loose number, that actually still exist, right? And there's still like some illustrations too. Mm. So think of how like concentrated that term of like artwork is to describe a man's work, an entire life's work, right? Yeah, but when you think about it, Da Vinci's like that because he didn't really have any many painted pieces. No, but he has hundreds and hundreds of like drawings. Yeah, but and not like completed like, work, so that's true. Different. But but the thing is, like, but you probably say like the figuring out drawings, the way of like understanding someone way more than just like you know the, the finished end pieces. Anyway, even though he only had like a few really iconic pieces, he's like the forefather of the type of Finland artwork. Okay, totally breaking the fourth wall here, but uh, basically Hieronymus Bosch, he was the forefather of like early Nathandalist paintings, which is basically like Flemish artwork, and Renaissance painting, um, which is kind of incredible considering he didn't have much uh, work. It was like 25 paintings. Crazy. Anyway, um, back to the actual podcast. That was going on at the time. Seriously, um, if you like surrealism, guys, you would love this. It's you mad, would, you, but, absolutely mad. I mean, but, the, the heaven one is fairly <laughs> straightforward, but the earth and the hell one, mm. they're super surreal. Yeah. The thing is, though, that kind of uh, really feels very industrial about torch lights. It's flooding it's, everywhere. It's peculiar because it's not like when you usually talk about the fires of hell, mm -hmm. you normally think of like literal like flames, bright red, burning orange. You don't think of like coal, do you? Well, no, but like, well, yeah, that's the Ooh. thing. It's like it's like the aftermath. There's lots of like great. When you look at the background, you can see like this skyline of buildings mm -hmm. that have clearly been burning for hours. Yeah, and it's all this ash and soot. Right. So you got the top piece, which is very much blitz. It's. It, it, I mean, you've got all these uh, like an absolute like orchestra, a cacophony of all these different creatures that are all just like piling in and like. Is you've that got... a giant ear with a yes, knife? Yes, exactly. Out? It's just it's it's and like look, you know when you're talking about the other episode about like the elephant with like the trunk you've got like this weird like trumpeteer it's thing it's almost a bit bagpipey it is yeah um so bizarre and then you've got but you've got these really clean entities that are within the idea of uh, hell and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and thousands and thousands of people and like some some, some what is that yeah yeah like a bird man <laughs> 
what is she? She looks like some weird kind it's, of alien a, bug. Yeah, hybrid. yeah. There's a centaur with like a, a, a dice on her head. Okay, so Hieronymus Bosch. He had uh, quite a few other pieces, and actually, like Fleet Foxes uses one of his pieces, mm. one of uh, his pieces as like album artwork, and he was great at depicting um, certain sayings that you had, like hitting your head against a brick wall, and also like drowning in water or something like that, like. Uh, wow. sw- swimming against the tide, that was Drowning it. Drowning in water, swimming against the tide. Oh my Tell god. You. Do not edit that out, that was beautiful. <laughs> swimming against the tide, okay. Yeah. And he uh, would always implement these within his work, which was fascinating. And I mean, like, <laughs> if, we, if you, when you cross across to, like, Earth, right? There, like, there's an the owl. And there's all these like people with extra limbs, and there's a person like feeding a, a like a magpie? tomato to a magpie. I think that's an apple, isn't it? Well, it looks like a tomato it's to me. Definitely an apple. <laughs> there's a fish, just there's, like there's a lot of oversized pieces of fruit and yeah, yeah, animals it, and vegetation. It's just, it's just this cacophony of an idea of whatever, right? So it has it's that a celebration, isn't it? It's like it a is. celebration of life. It is, but like I always kind of think that if you have a series of images, right? Especially when the the main one is so prevalent with so much going on and it reflects life and all this other stuff. Mm. Um, and the other pieces are juxtaposed next to it to sort of encompass it where there's not as much busyness in the heaven because obviously it's just Adam and Eve and Jesus or whatever. And then you have like, and then you have like hell, which is, it's almost like it's refined of like the, the hatred. But the thing is, it's right. It's like when it comes to earth, it's, it's almost like it can't stand alone because it is only enhanced by the fact that there is heaven and hell either side of it, which transforms the artwork in between. So tell me which part of this, I'm curious how this fits into the silence thing or the hush thing. Because you showed me an image a second ago. Yeah. It was a close-up of the heaven one. So yeah. what is that all about? Okay, so... From here it looks really <laughs> peculiar. Slight, maybe slightly phallic or slightly alien. It's very oh, bizarre. It, it really Almost is. Almost War of the worlds in some ways. It is a little bit, actually. I think there's quite a lot of, like, um, sort of that 19... 19- 40s to 50s artwork that's almost like because there was quite a lot of that 2d realism when it came to like aliens and things like that which actually mm. i think is quite a lot reflected within hiroshima's hiroshima but you know, bosch's work bosch bosch um i think it's hieronymus hieronymus because hiroshima is the uh yeah i was just pronouncing it wrong hieronymus i think is the hieronymus but also funnily enough he signed some of his verses as jeronium jeronymus <laughs> With a J, um, and also he didn't leave his town, which which he like grew up in. Where there's was not, he? There's not much uh, learn about his life. I mean, it and might he have been was um, the J and H thing might be because I know, for example, in Spanish, um, they don't have a J. Yeah. So they like so, Joaquim is spelt with a J, but yeah, it's yeah. pronounced Wa. So I wonder if it's got something to do with that. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, he he, uh, he lived so sort of like the 1450s, but like the fact that on Wikipedia, the image that they have of him is literally like a Grimm's fairy tale image. Like it's kind mm. of like this, this uh, line art printed work. So he's almost like this kind of mythic man who's made these really weird, crazy images. Mm. They're super surreal. They really are, they really, they really are. are. But, uh, I was gonna read something about, so yeah, there's like 25 paintings are confidently given to his hand, although there are eight drawings. That isn't much at all. 
things that could be more than that they just aren't yeah. able to attribute it yeah yeah to. but i mean like he had like a a studio that attributed some of his work to his workshops yeah um but his most uh, acclaimed thing was the garden of earthly delights which i was just showing you um, How big is it in person? Is it quite a large triptych? No, 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 I don't think it is. Because actually, it's in the um, uh, the gallery that I went to in Madrid. Mm. Uh, Madrid Museo Nacional de Prado. The one that I got you. And also I got the... Uh, they, they have um, the... Museo Nacional de Prado. Okay, so I'm... Hold on. Um, this is where I got this from. Just gonna horrify you for a second. I don't have it on my wall, but okay, so I have you it. You guys, you guys haven't seen it. Is, is this the Goya? Yeah. Oh god, no! I can't look at it. <laughs> I can't look at look it. Look at it! It's amazing. We've spoken okay. about this before in a previous episode. Goya. Um, yeah. So satin, I. Yeah, is it satin, satin devouring satin, his son? Satin devouring. Oh my god! Son. It freaks me out so much. It's like something from that Titans. So I have a full size, po- full size poster. Um, not as big as his paintings because they're all just like weirdly. Size and also, also, by the way, if you're interested in Goya, I think mm. you can catch a documentary on the BBC at the moment. We caught the end of it the other night on the television, we didn't watch the full thing. Holy shit! Um, and it was really interesting. Um, as I say, we missed the, st- missed. <laughs> missed the start of it, and it was all about Goya and his work and his life, and kind of um, because he worked through really turbulent times. Oh, yeah, Spain um, you know, hated it, itself, and it was mean, trying to like, fix I mean, they, itself changed, and... they changed kings like loads yeah. of times, and there was loads of yeah. civil wars, anything like that going on. So, if you get a chance, have a look on the BBC and see if you can catch that um, documentary about Goya if you're interested a bit more about him. Really good stuff. Yeah, I... in fact, the BBC in general has some really <laughs> sorry, I just threw Rose's notebook on the The BBC has some really great general kind of like art. I mean, I always talk about on, Power so. of Art by Simon Shammer, but like. This sounds amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of it. And there's been some really good ones lately. I can't think what the series is called, but it's, ha- it's oh God, what's the name of the presenter that's on it? I think I spoke about it recently, but they've been d- kind of like dissecting images by different artists. So they spoke about um, the Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they spoke about the sunflowers and oh, stuff yeah. by Van Gogh. And I can't think of the last artist that I watched that they did. Oh, so they're focusing on different artists each time. Well, they did. I'm trying to think of the last one that I watched. God, I can't think of his name. But anyway, just go on the BBC. They've got so many really great documentary oh. artists. I think most of them are put out on BBC Four. So go and have a look at their things on um, on the BBC, BBC iPlayer. Apple, yeah, yeah. Oh, that um, sounds great. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I still but... am curious. Why is this image to you talking about silence? I'm trying to figure out how it fits into this. I, 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 oh my God, you're gonna I'm have so... a shit fit. No, this, this isn't. This is part of the heaven part, right? Which is already weird by itself. I'm sh- this, is, this, is, this is part of the um, uh, the notebook that I got from Madrid when I went to the uh, museum there. In it. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't the artwork that I'm going to talk to you about. Like, so why are you showing it to me? Because <laughs> I was just like, I've got a notebook that has it on. <laughs> so this has got nothing to do with the theme. Not this bit. It's the part of the artwork. All right. So. All oh, right. Okay. So okay. it's still within the triptych. Oh yeah. That, okay. That's see, fine. look. I'll show you. I thought you um, meant it was completely separate from that. Yeah. Look. It's right here. It's right here in the heaven part. You see? Yeah. yeah but yeah. what's the what's the sign? Okay. So right. Heaven, earth, hell. Yes. We're going to talk about hell right now. Oh god. Okay. Gonna... <laughs> oh, obviously. Probably for our poor listeners listening. Um, to and this I don't right want now. you reading what I'm going to say. So all right. I don't think I could um, at the moment. I've drunk too much. So, wine. Hieronymus Bosch. 
panels of the perilous of otherworldly temptation has many interesting references within it, but one of the strangest was discovered by a college student in 2014. Do we have the name of the college student or are they anonymous? And I think we do. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, in, in the lower left-hand corner of the work, which was done sometime between the late 15th and early 16th centuries, you can see a musical score tattooed across someone's rear end. Just let that sink in for a minute. So they've got a musical score tattooed on their butt cheek. Yep. Okay. That's the, like the modern, that's like the old world version of people getting sound waves tattooed yeah. on them. So the student translated the music into modern notation. <laughs> and it's genuinely fucking creepy. Jesus Christ. And since then, right? <laughs> it's been known as the butt music. But it's fucking creepy. It's, yeah. All right. I mean, I, I can't play it on the podcast, obviously. But the, thi- the thing is... Google see, it, folks. All right, so I'm going to show you by zooming. Oh, I can't zoom any further in. All right. Uh, so just point out to the bit that you're talking about so I can figure out which bit it is. I'm, I'm trying to get it up. Um, just go back to main image and find it for me. Hold on. No, that's... that's. No, no, I had like that's, a... That's the weird titties we talked about last episode. Uh, go check that? out Michelangelo's weird ass titties Hold in on. the last episode. Um, what, hour, is, what is it called? Hold on a minute. Hold on. I'm gonna get this down. Oh, yeah, right, so. <laughs> oh this my is god! A, five year, a 500 year old song. <laughs> butt song from hell. <laughs> um, so basically, it's literally oh the no. God. Yeah, and this wasn't discovered until 2014. Well, it's no been... one thought to look into it. Exactly, but like the thing, the thing is, is that this is one of these iconic pieces that ha- that has been like researched and looked over and hasn't even been like. It's the idea of like looking at something and then actually like translating what you're seeing. Are you able to play it for me and we'll edit out of the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, okay. we can't play right. it to you guys because of copyright. But, um, <laughs> look at it. Oh, God. We can't play it to you guys because of copyright, but what we'll do is we'll... Um, we'll edit it out. We'll edit it out, but then we encourage you to go and listen to okay. it yourself. So we'll probably link it on the feed. Yeah. And All then right. you can go and find it on YouTube. Okay, so we're going to so, edit out right now. I need to listen. Christ, I'm horny. Um, <laughs> That's so okay. So unrelated to that music. Um, um, that was it. <laughs> so I just listened to the track. It's- Haunting, but also kind of a bit catchy. I mean, I kind of, I don't. Th- I was expecting something creepier when you said yeah. it was creepy. I kind of haunting feel- is the word. Yeah, I can imagine it in a film score. As again, mm-hmm. again, we'll link it in our Instagram. Very cinematic. Feed. Yeah, we'll link it in the Instagram. You can go and find it on YouTube. It's really kind of cool, actually. <laughs> um, you, I was going to say you can imagine it in film. Yeah, it's very yeah. and it sounds very much like something from. It's kind of hard to describe. I don't want to kind of like generalize. It kind of it, sounds but- a little bit like a period piece, but like re-envisioned yeah very kind of like you can imagine monks singing mm-hmm. along to it like in a yeah. monastery it's very and then it has the bass drop and you're like what yeah there was a bit where it was like paused <laughs> it was like dropping we could definitely have like you know like a remix like what DJ. you didn't hear because we've edited it out was um as i was listening to it rosie was watching me and all of a sudden i started dancing like i was listening to dubstep like so damn I- damn damn son 
So yeah, just a bit random. Uh-huh. So, okay, so anyway, like... Good thing you can't see us. Very but, haunting. I wouldn't have said it was creepy. I said very haunting, but... Yeah. Almost but the, like, I suppose it makes sense in that context uh, that it's very kind of repentant. Mm. Um, and I can kind of see where you're coming from with the silence thing, because there are a lot of religious... And me and my mum were discussing this the other day when I was oh, yeah. trying to figure out my topic for silence. Yeah. There's a lot of religious facts that silence is kind of their main thing. Yeah. I mean, you get well, it's to, repentant, isn't it? You get... Um, I mean, like, just a very basic example, you get kind of like nuns and monks that have moments of silence where they're silent for like a certain amount of time during the day, um, during certain activities, but then there are some religious sects that are silent pretty much most of the time. Mm. So I kind of get that because it's kind of, as you say, like that repentant kind of like in yeah. hell thing. I suppose it's quite juxtapositioning though because you kind of expect someone, you expect in hell because of the scenery mm. and what's going on there, there to be lots of like screaming and like yeah you expect it to be really loud with the amount of movement going on but also as well with the idea that this is like very i mean putting a musical score on someone's ass is it's comical to everyone else except the person that it's happening happening to so it's almost this deliberate um uh, pointed repentance that's being pushed upon someone that's like this is what you have to endure for the rest of your life Although that person in that painting, you can't see their face in the head. It's yeah, but they're very that... dehumanised, aren't they? Because yeah, you can't but, see their but in a way, personality. Doesn't, doesn't that make it more shameful, the mm. fact that they are dehumanised and it's just their arse and they're being... And I mean, if you look at the actual uh, I mean, like full-on full on picture... Okay, so it's right here. I wouldn't mind being remembered for just my arse. But... And like, it has another person who is in the same situation pointing at his, at his arse. Question, um, why does that music then... thing... Look like a cross between a guitar, a harp, and an avocado. Well, you know what? Everyone fucking loves an avocado. We're fucking millennials. But what's Ashley. what's the best are we thing? Millennials? We are, yeah. I know it's tragic. Shout out to our millennials. Uh, the the best thing about this, other than the fact that over the side of it you have a man blowing a trump, uh, like a flute through his ass. And, oh, God, really? and then next to it, you have a man being eaten uh, oh, with, with birds flying out of his arse. He, Bosch had a big thing about bums. bums. Even in like this area. Yeah, there's a lot of bugs it's going like, on. In, in the world, you have like some flowers growing out of someone's arse, and he looked pretty happy about it. Look at him. Like, well, like, it's like, it's like, well, you like he was saying how he interprets literal sayings. The sun shines out of your ass. Oh, yeah. What do you need to grow? Flowers, you need some sunshine, boy. Or, or like, you know, blowing smoke out of your ass or whatever. And look, there's a hand coming out of the trumpet. Like, there is so much going on in these images. But the thing is, right, is like this being translated into music. And the fact that the orchestrator of it is like a fucking lizard doing it to him. It just, you've stepped in. Can you, like, this work was being made in like the 1500s. And this how, man's mind. How and he, drunk and he, do you think he and, was? And also, he wasn't stepping out of his country, like or his town. He lived in his same town that he was born in. I think he was born in his his granddad's house. Right? He was smoking something. I'm sorry. Yeah. These are so fucking. To thrill. like to have this sheer amount of imagination going on, you have to wonder <laughs> what else is going on. But yeah, like the whole idea with uh, silence and hush is the idea that something was hidden within a piece of artwork for so long. People didn't see it. And no one saw it until recently. Until the student dissected it. Yeah, and then translated it. Yeah, so that's that's my shit. Clever. (laughs) Clever. And also I just loved hearing the the arse songs. (laughs) 
when I found it, I was like, oh my god, you're fucking <laughs> God, guys, the things we research for you. I'd actually love to have this triptych on my wall. I might invest, because yeah. you can look at it for hours. I think I'd just get mine fucked too much. It's just too much to Well, you're lucky too. I didn't put Goya on the wall. Oh god, not fucking Goya. I, I thought about putting it there, it. and then I was like, you know what? Jenny's not going to like that. And also, if I invite anyone over, they're not going to like I that. I can't sleep with that image looking at me. Oh my god. <laughs> Why don't you just look at this owl for a second? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Right. So yeah, that's Herosh, what, Hieronymus, Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah. Cool like, man with the butt song because he's Seriously guys, if you like surrealism, if surrealism is your bag, go and check this triptych out. It's really like, it will really, it's a really, it will really be up your street. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack in these images. Yeah. I mean, it speaks for itself, really. I didn't have to research much about it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to completely go in a different direction now. Take it down and now, shall we? So, again, our topic is silence. So, oh. I was trying to think of a way... Sorry, I'm just rearranging things on the desk. Apologies for the scraping. Don't worry about it. So I was thinking about silence within artwork and I thought about a lot of different concepts. So I, again, was having a, my mother is a fountain of wisdom. We've discussed she is, this she's a sage. So I was having a chat with her. I was trying to figure out what direction to go in with this episode. Um, whether it was a piece of artwork that kind of represented silence to me in a way that it was very peaceful and still. And we were chatting about things, how about things that were reflected in events where things were silenced, so whether it was like a singular event, mm. um, I don't know, like a cover-up, I don't know. Yeah. Things that weren't spoken about. Hidden uh, under, or not talked about. Yeah, so Silence. for example, homosexuality, Yeah. it was happening, but people didn't really talk about it, and it was hushed up quite a lot. Oh yeah, even, even so until like, what, 20 years ago? You know, I was trying to think of things, I'm even in modern days yeah. in different countries, so I was trying to think of something from that kind of aspect, an artwork that was produced around that. And something that um, personally strikes me, because I've worked in the NHS with children, and I've worked in schools with children. I don't know if I've spoken, I've probably spoken about it on a podcast before, that I've worked with. I don't think you have, actually. I have a feeling I mentioned it in a previous episode, but just for, so anyone knows, I don't do it anymore because I'm, I'm now currently working on my own business within fashion. But previously, um, I worked with the NHS in the Children's Speech and Language Therapy Department in Norfolk. Mm -hmm. um, I started off as a admin assistant there, and then I went on to become a clinician mm -hmm. in um, speech and language therapy. You drive around and talk to like individual like kids, didn't you? Yeah, so I would base. I was a technical assistant, so I would go and. I wasn't a speech therapist. I would go and deliver packages of care that the speech therapists would um, mm. set, basically. And then I did a similar role within a school recently. Um, funnily enough, my old primary school that I used to go to, I'm not going to tell you which one it is because. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't stalk! Because I don't want you stalking me. And also because I still have colleagues that work there and I don't want you guys being weird because they're all wonderful people and they do a brilliant bloody job. They're like, um, do you know this girl who does this really weird drunk art podcast? Yeah. Um, seriously, my colleagues at that school if you ever listen to this podcast like you've been doing a fucking amazing job during lockdown and i really think that you are just like some of the unsung heroes oh, you're man. incredible rosie's clapping for you so kind of to give you a bit of background so i've worked for the nhs with children in speech therapy and then i worked in a school with speech therapy da -da -da. but we have to do a lot of training obviously mm. because oh, of course yeah. one we're 
doing kind of a specialised subject, but also we have to do a lot of training around certain things that go on within communities, um, because we're working in care, etc. We're working with mm -hmm. vulnerable children. And um, one of the things that we have to do a lot of training on is something called FGM, mm. which is female genital mutilation. Oh, oh. Yeah, so this, the, oh. uh, apologies now if you're sensitive to this subject, if you, you know, uh, this is kind of a warning. If you're sensitive to these kinds of issues, then please tune out now because this is kind of what my segment is all about. Oh, um, But it is, I want to highlight the important stuff on it. So just yeah. to give you a, a bit of background, so I'm going to give you a bit of kind of like technical stuff and this is coming from our NHS website and also mm. from the NSPCC so yeah. FGM also known as um, female genital mutilation is a procedure where the female genitals are deliberately cut injured or changed but there's no actual medical reason for this to be done so it's done a lot within um, particular groups within particular societies religious facts etc also known as female circumcision cutting. There's lots of other terms for it that I only found out recently that I didn't actually learn about in my training. Um, also called Sunna, Gundanin, Halayas, Tanner, Magres, there's loads of them. So most of it generally is carried on very young girls. So it's funny how like certain um, rituals get bred through different types of religions in different parts of the world regardless of whether they've been connected and it happens to so many girls and it does it happens in different parts of the world it's not one particular yeah. um not one particular religion it's not one particular mm. um you know type of person that's doing it it's happening all over the place and the reason i find that this fits into just to give you kind of an idea why i've chosen this topic is one because i think it's really important that it's highlighted mm, um yeah i think it's a really important thing for us to be discussing so sorry to get a bit he heavy on you no, but you know what, you. you're here, and if you're here, then you've listened to other episodes and you like it. <laughs> you know, I think it's really important to highlight. Mm. And the reason I chose it for silence is because in a lot of these communities, there is a silence around it. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's known, but it, they don't talk about it. It just happens. It's not discussed. It's just something that is a rite of passage that kind of happens without so, being talked about. So, so with these um, uh, female sort of circumcisions in a way, what's cut away? Does it affect like the, uh, the sensation? And also, uh, I know that you'll probably explain it already mm. because you're really going to go into it. Um, but also, like, does it mirror in the same way like when a when a boy has it, like a female has it, but like generally it doesn't happen when they're like like a baby. Well, sometimes it does. It depends on the um, the background of the group mm. that it's happening in. Yeah. So it tends to happen between infancy and the age of 15. It tends to happen when you're either very young or in your teen years. But it does also happen to sometimes older women just before they get married as well, which I hadn't realised. Really? Yeah, so a woman might not have had Just before they're married. Yeah, so if it's an arranged marriage and the husband expects it, and it will happen to the female. Um, like, I, when someone says the husband expects it, I know that's a cultural thing, but I also... It's a very, um, it's a I, very archaic view, in my personal uh, opinion, and I'm, I don't mean that to be offensive, but the fact of the matter is, it's illegal in the UK, and it is considered abuse, it's considered child abuse, it, which is why we're trained on it. It's social abuse too, it's this idea that the, you know, a female is lesser than and needs to be in a particular way about themselves before they can... Well yeah, because there are, again, and this is slightly different, but there are some cultures oh, I feel, where... I feel pretty angry about this already. There are some cultures <laughs> where virginity, for example, is considered so important yeah. that a male will expect a female to bleed the first time he has sex with them when they're, when they're married. So women who 
But we'll sometimes go. they can tear themselves. Like, well, that's the thing. Way, yeah. I've, I watched a really interesting documentary, and there are females that go and have a. Oh, God, we've just finished. That's second wind down. I think we need another bottle for this subject because it's getting pretty heavy. I, know, but, um, I don't have any gems. No, we're fine. Um, there are some cultures where I, I watched a really interesting documentary about it, and there are some females that have gone and had reconstructive surgery so that they've had a hymen reconstructed so that when they first have sex with their new husband, they'll definitely bleed because the husband will expect it. That's how. Put on a pedestal it is i mean to be perfectly honest and not to be too gruesome but the first time i had sex i don't remember bleeding you know. i i didn't i didn't but there we go so i don't think i did so we in the nhs and in the education sector in the uk we're trained to kind of like keep an eye out for these kind of things because it's just... it is child abuse in the uk and it is punishable by crime and not only that it it, it doesn't actually serve any kind of physical reason there's no physical there's no physical reason for it i don't actually know the origins of why it started it's so ingrained in some cultures it just kind of happens it's very painful because quite often what happens is there are people within i'm just trying to make sure i get everything correct because it's quite important what is cut away well it kind of varies depending on cultures and again the artwork that i'm going to talk about kind of reflects this as well so i think it's important to kind of give everyone a bit of a premise and a background to one to what I'm talking about. So there's no medical reason to carry it out. It's often performed by someone with no medical training. It's just performed by someone known as a cutter within the community. They come around and they use instruments such as knives, scalpel, scissors, glass or razor blades. Children are rarely given anaesthetic when this happens or antiseptic treatment and are forcibly restrained. So a child so, will so be... So above that, they, uh, they aren't calm in the situation. They also uh, struggle against it. So it causes more pain. Yeah, and I was reading a really sad account of an artist who produced... Because I was researching artists that produce work around this, and there was an artist who'd experienced this. I mean, there's loads of women who, in the art world, produce artwork around this, and they have experienced it themselves. Um, and I'll link a load of them. When we upload this episode, I want to link does, all of them. Does it often affect their own, like, orgasmic um, tendencies? I'll get into that, don't worry. Oh. Um, but there's a load of artists that I really want to share on... The, on our feed and I think it's really important there's a load of organisations helping to yeah. to kind of help fight against this and again I'll go into that in a bit more detail soon you'll quite often find the accounts that this group of people will then just suddenly drag a person a child into a place and forcibly restrain them and then cut them sometimes it, it, oh that's horrible so lots of different types of FGM happen so sometimes it's just and we're going to get a little bit graphic now. Again, I warn you, this bit might be a bit sensitive. So if you've experienced FGM and you're upset by these kind of things, or if you're just sensitive to this kind of topic, then please tune out now. Sometimes it will just be something like, well, I say something simple, it's not simple, but they will remove just the clitoris. Sometimes they will remove the full labial lips. Sometimes they will sew part of the vagina shut as well, or they'll do a multiple of different things. So there's lots of different Why types of FGM. Why fiddle with fucking nature? I know. It's it's sad. So Why deny someone their own human essence? It's 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 really sad, really. And the problem... It's horrible. And it causes long-term damage. So it's used to control female sexuality is basically the premise of it. Basically, it's used to control women... I'm sorry, you can't see my expression right about, but, like, yeah, I just you... raised my arms and, like, what the fuck? I mean, there's another top. There's another thing that happens as well that is slightly different to female genital mutilation. And I, again, it was something I only learned about recently, and it's called... Um, ironing and what they do there's some cultures and they're so frightened of their daughters getting raped or attacked that they try and disguise their sexuality 
So if a woman starts developing breasts, they iron the breasts. Like, they bind them? No, they iron them with hot irons to flatten them, is the idea. Because they're worried about men raping their daughters. And well, my... then fucking keep the men in check. I know, but... It... I know. Oh. I know. I know, I'm with you on it. So... It's used to control female sexuality. And I mean, in some of these cultures, it's so ingrained, so it's happening to mothers. And even though they know how painful it is and how horrible it is, they, they allow, then allow it to their daughters. Like, because does, it's... does it stop their, like, uh, so, their pleasure? Or they just... Yeah, so there's a lot of women who have long-lasting like long-lasting damage physically. And also emotionally, because they... Yeah. I mean, I was reading one account of a woman who... She's with a loving partner now. And she... I can't remember where she was from originally, but she now lives in the UK with her partner. And she said to him, I don't ever want my daughter's cut because it had happened to her. And he said, no, I totally agree because it had happened to his sister. And he saw how much it, how awful it was. And she's got three daughters now. And her mother can't understand why she won't let them have it done. Because obviously her mother's from a different time in a different yeah. culture. It's so ingrained. See, that's and the thing. It's, it's the cultural acceptance, isn't it? I, and I think that's the thing with judging these people. The problem is they're so frightened and it's so ingrained in society. It's about education. It's not about condemning. It's about education. They don't, you know, the women within the culture probably don't, they're the ones that are being put under the thumb. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just sad. <laughs> I mean, it just, it this really is. really sad. It, it really is something that's quite serious. It's and horrible. It's, and I wanted to talk about it because in my, again, I'll reiterate it again, like I mentioned earlier, there is a silence around it within these communities. And I think because in the UK, it's not something that is, done within someone who's British native mm. but there are children within the UK who have come here as refugees or they've emigrated here whatever or reason their or their parents from they might be second or third or fourth generation children whose parents have been, come from these cultures who then mm. have it within them sorry I need some more wine I'm um, not surprised quite a heavy topic but I thought it was really important to talk about and that's why I thought that fitted within the science category yeah, so well yeah of course I'm glad I um, went first with my ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, we, we went in we went in light and then we came in heavy. I apologise oh, for that. I'm glad if you're still listening. Normally it's the other way around. Normally I do the light heart and know, you go really heavy. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? I've talked about some really dark stuff recently. Let me just talk about some butt song. So, oh. just to give you some more details, there are four main types of FGM. Okay. Type one is clitorectomy. So they remove part or all of the clitoris. So does that stop orgasms? Pretty much, yeah. So this woman who had, who I was speaking about earlier, who was with her husband and um, said she didn't want her children cut and he was like, no, my sister had it done, I yeah, never want yeah. it. She said it's really sad because like, knowing that whenever she sleeps with her husband she can't really feel anything, like all her nerves damage, she gets no pleasure from it. And she wants oh, to, she desperately yeah, wants to yeah. have that connection with her husband. Which can't have it because of all the damage that was done. And, they and because tra- these people aren't, aren't trained, they don't understand, they're just yeah. hacking away. I think there are so many people that die from it because obviously the infection yeah. rates. And there's so, so much bleeding from that kind of area too. Yeah, so, and I mean, she was... It's barbaric! She, she, was, she came to the UK as a refugee and was in the NHS and they've managed to repair some of the, like, the physical damage, but... She's, she's still lost a load of the sensation there and she's lost part of her sexuality she feels but yeah she and you know what like and, and I'm a big believer in it and, and an advocate for it you yeah. know like sexuality is such a human thing and it's such, yeah. it's such a wonderful thing that we can um... and I think it's important to bear in mind it's not just like 
being promiscuous in sexuality. No, because it's an, even it's if, experiencing it for yourself, and that can be from a very very small hmm. pocket of something to a wondrous like expose of like wondrous and, e- and know, even adventure. If even if you're religious and you yeah. believe in having no sex before marriage. But your but sexuality you, with your partner that you choose to yeah, have for the rest of your life, that's super important yeah, as and well. It, and, it, and it also adds like a... a it's something a, about the a, bond. A mental connection mm. with someone too. So whether you're someone who doesn't believe in sex before marriage or whether you just choose to have one single sexual partner the rest of your life, it's so important to yeah. you as a person and you in a relationship. And I don't think people think about that sometimes. And I think, I mean, and this is just another view because I'm very open and I'm one of these people, I'm, again, you know this, I'm not very religious. I'm not religious at all. I'm probably some kind of atheist, spiritualist, humanist, whatever. But I never belittle people who have religions, religious beliefs because I think everyone's beliefs and beliefs are, beliefs are valid. So if you believe that you're going to have one sexual partner for the rest of your life, it's still really important that you get to experience that that to its, and its fullest. Part, and I still think that it's important that you experience it as part of your religion because I believe there's lots of religions, it's a part of the connection, you know, making children and mm. you know, that kind of thing. It's still really important. So to have that taken away, whether you're religious or non-religious, I think is really... And also, like, the idea of taking away the idea of an orgasm from a female, uh, disregarding that in the way that, actually, an orgasm is the way that um, life is created from a man into a woman. It should be an acceptance of both things together Mm. and to just disregard one for the other. And I mean like certain things obviously like because obviously you have like certain circumcisions and things that go wrong and and whatnot in in the male side of things but for that to just be like disregarded for a woman. Well that's the thing. Is horrible. I I I just can't. Oh. I mean we talk about it a lot in modern culture because it's that um, sense of victim blaming. It's like, don't teach victims to... Well, blame the perpetrator. It's like, just don't teach women to cover themselves up. Teach Mm. men not to rape women. Exactly! I mean, it's not always a man. There's a really really wonderful um, part of uh, this film, Persopolis, which is like this great animated film by Majana whatever her name is, she made like a graphic novel and basically it's all about like being in Iran and growing up there and, and you know covering yourself mm. and, but like also experiencing rock and roll and all these wonderful things yeah and also she's she's running to her class right she's running to her college class or what have you and some police pull her over and like what? Just don't run and she's like I'm gonna be late don't fucking look mm. like because it was all about like you're being too sexual. You're gesticulating yourself around. But she's not. She's just no, running. She's just running. She's being herself. She's trying to be a better self of herself. And it's just this presumption that um, other people are like, oh, well, I perceive it in this way, so you have to stop it. Mm. No? No. If you're perceiving something in a wrong way, you need to correct that. Or also you need to see it from a different perspective mm. because it's your perception of it that's mm. the wrong thing. It's not them. Mm. Regardless of whatever the person is wearing, it's your perception. Mm. Like the, the act is not on the other person. It yeah. is all to do with the person who's actually perpetrating mm. it. Exactly. It, that's it! Like, mic drop. Let's fucking end it because... I sh- I mean, I would fucking end it, but I've got some incredible I, I, artists. Yeah, I want so. you to talk about it, but I'm also just really angry. <laughs> So just to to quickly go back over because we got yeah I'm sorry no here it's fine because we both went into a really interesting kind of sub thing there yeah so we talked about type one click direct to me 
Type 2 excision, so they remove all part or all of the clitoris and the inner labia and the lips are, that's around the yeah, vagina, yeah. with or without the removal of the labia majora, the larger outer lips. Um, type 3 infubulation, so they narrow the vaginal opening by creating a seal, which is normally formed by cutting and repositioning the labia and other harmful. So they reform it together. Yeah. And other harmful On procedures. A child. Yeah. That's or already. A teenager who are still developing. Um, other harmful procedures, female journals include pricking, piercing, cutting, scraping, or burning in the area. And as you can imagine, um, this can often result in constant pain, um, difficulty having sex, repeated infections, which can lead to infertility, bleeding, cysts, abscesses, problems going to the toilet, because obviously yeah, you read the I, uh... down there, depression, self-harm, flashbacks, post-traumatic stress. Um, and then obviously problems during childbirth and labor, because if it's one, you know. If it hasn't healed. And also if it's led to infections or if they've had part of their clitoris and their labia sewn shut. My so, God. All sorts of problems. So we've gone into the major part of the background here and why it's important to talk about and why it shouldn't be silent. Now, somebody I really want to talk about is a lady called Ada Silvestri. I was reading a interview about her. She had a exhibition I believe it was back in 2016 and it was to highlight the issue of FGM and the exhibition when I looked it up because obviously I didn't know it was happening at the time I wish I did because I would have gone and was seen it, it. Oh, um, wait, yeah I think oh, it was yeah. in London at the time and um, where we are right now what? Yeah. she um, had this exhibition to highlight the issue now I believe when I read the article she'd actually experienced it herself. She had been a victim of FGM and she really wanted to highlight the issue. So this, some of this information I'm taking from her website. So this yeah. is coming straight from the horse's mouth. Um, so in the United Kingdom, she considers that FGM is still considered to be a taboo topic and women refuse to talk about it openly, which is why yeah, I think yeah, it fits yeah. within the silence part of the podcast. It has started to make headlines in recent years, but she still wanted to highlight it more. The fact that there are now specialist clinics within the NHS to um, help and offer different services. Um, so they offer counselling, sexual advice, physical examinations and reversal procedures. I mean, to be perfectly honest, a lot of the reversal procedures can't always repair. Well, it's just, it's just physical, isn't it? It doesn't you know, like, stem the actual like nerve endings because once that's yeah, done, it's so, done. I mean, sometimes they have more success than others. It depends on the amount of damage that has been done, but it's... The clinics work with local communities to try and raise a bit more awareness and actually why there's a problem. And I mean, there's a lot of women who I've read interviews about who have had this happen to them and they they are now the forefront of these people saying this is wrong and they're the ones fighting for change because, yeah. you know, they want to educate parents and they want to prevent children being exposed to this. So she worked on this project that she then had a exhibition on and uh, the title of this exhibition was Unsterile Clinic and that's, what she did literally the word for all of this what she did was she produced these images that were like silhouettes of the women that she spoke to mm. and interviewed and got information who were all victims of different types of FGM so she created a silhouette and then what she did was use different things to create almost their intimate area, recreate their intimate area, how it had been affected by FGM. And she used beads and flowers and they were stitched onto leather and um, different, sorry, stitched onto soft leather and they were done in such a way that they were meant to resemble subject skin colours. And this was to kind of represent the different types of FGM that all of these women represented within these silhouettes had experienced. Yeah. And they were then attached to the mouth areas of the silhouettes oh. so it was really central to these women's silhouettes so the silhouettes are kind well, of like it, shoulder up well, it's the other opening so that, just that to, speaks for ourselves so it? just showing rosie um so the silhouettes are kind of like shoulders and face they're not yeah. like a full body silhouette and the 
So they're quite close-up silhouettes, and then the black silhouette on a white background, and then the vulvas and the intimate areas of women were recreated to kind of show the different types of damage that have been done to different women. So does it highlight different things, or is it just to like to reflect the colour that they were? No, it highlights different things. So look at if you look at these images, see how they sh- are shaped differently, yeah. how they've been cut differently, have different sides. So this one, for example, has been sewn shut. And it oh highlights my God. it highlights the different experiences and oh, honey. Um, the portraits are accompanied by short poems from the that were created from the interviews of the, yeah. the different women that were interviewed but for this. Were the poems from the different women? Or yeah. What? Well they, they were created from the interviews from different women. So uh, she uh, Asia? Uh, yes, she, she, crea- she created the poems from that. Yes, I believe she was the one that created the poems. So she's a good way of distilling it. I think. So I thought her, she was a really important person to talk about. Yeah. There's lots of other women that have spoken about FGM and have created artwork from FGM, and I'm going to shout a load of them out on the Instagram oh, because do it, do it, do there it. are some incredible, powerful women who are making changes within the communities. But I thought it was also really interesting that actually there was a male artist that was speaking out against FGM as well, because How it's such a female issue, and we're the ones that are kind of like, well not me personally, but females are the ones that are suffering the end of it. There's an Egyptian artist called um, Rida Abdel Rahman, and he was a male Egyptian artist, and he wanted to condemn FGM, because he mm. really kind of um, a gory depiction of the FGM. So the ages images are more kind of like speaking about the, are coming from the victim's point of view, making it very personal to each victim. Oh. Whereas Rita was kind of trying to go for the shock factor yeah. and he did a load of these images which I'm showing Rosie now again, we'll put them on the Instagram, kind of Ooh. showing the horrors of FGM, which Ooh. were more kind of a gory depiction of it. Oh and it's it's kind of a different view really and it's quite interesting seeing it, it come from a male artist as well who's kind of so... I also don't know what it is but um, maybe, like I wouldn't have thought this if you didn't say Egyptian artwork, but the stylistic qualities that he has yeah, within definitely. his are very hieroglyphic. Mm. And again, just to quote, I'm not going to go on yeah. for too much longer because we've chatted quite a lot, but um excerpt from an article I was reading about him, which is very interesting. Again, link it on the um, Instagram. Mm. So when asked about the gory nature of his paintings, Abdel Rahman made no apologies and said, because of the subject matter, because the subject matter is gory, FGM is beyond savagery, he exclaims. Yeah. How many women have had to live with a psychological aftermath, many of whom have failed marriages, suffer from frigidity, divorce, etc. To him, it is more personal than figures and statistics. It particularly hit me when I had daughters and knew that many of their peers fall prey to this crime and people think it's a religious ritual. Mm. He was coming from a, a point of a protective father. So it was kind of interesting, again, I think it's really interesting to look at it from a different view. I mean, I think the main people that we should look at are the women who've experienced it and the women that are talking out about it because they're the ones that have had to suffer it. Mm. And again, I will put as many of the artists as I can on our Instagram. But also, like, with what you were saying and um, his, uh, his own quote, the fact that people would think, oh, this is horrific. Mm. And think the artwork is more horrific than the actual barbaric act. I'm so, I'm so angry. Yeah. And 
I mean, there's loads of organisations that I will shout out that work to help people yeah. who have suffered from FGM, to help prevent FGM. There is an organisation called Artists Against FGM, who are a group of artists who do music and art pieces, art pieces, performance arts, and they're compa- campaigning against FGM and they do a yeah. lot of artwork around who are really, have some really great pieces that I'll link. And I think it's really important to look at the artwork from a community of women who are who have suffered in silence and are now speaking out. Yeah. And I think their stories are really important and I don't want them to be silent anymore and I want more people to be talking about it and recognising it. And these incredible people who are doing all they can to prevent it from happening to future generations. And if you have been affected by FGM, then please go and check out some of the charities that I'm going to link. Contact these people seek as much help as you can because you know Mm. and this is a safe space you know we i mean i'm fortunate i've never had to go through that type of thing so i mean i'm i'm i recognize that i'm in a very privileged position to even be able to talk about it from this kind of position and i i invite any female artists that have the application to be able to say that it's wrong you know any any female artists that want to reach out to us and would like us to promote their work in relation to this please reach out to me because it's oh, so it's so it's so important and we support you fully completely support you and we don't want there to be you know you want to speak out about it and we want to help you speak out about it we want to break that silence we want to break that chain mm. and yeah I, I don't know really know how to finish it it's quite a heavy thing but oh you know I, I, just, I just feel so feel so angry about all of that. Yeah, it makes you angry, it makes you sad. And we're, we're, as I say, we're very privileged that we're two white women. Yeah. That um, have grown up in a very fortunate position, you know. We've, we've grown up in a way that's allowed us to, you know, explore who we are without um, yeah. any religious or social uh, restri- restrictions or constructs you know, quite that would uh, pin us in, and I mean, I say that coming from like you know, growing up as a Mormon, like I, mm. you know, I still had that choice, um, but you know, I, there's there's always so much that you can understand from a religion or mm. a society construct, but and there I'm, is so much that and we just, w- just battles like I, there's so much within religion that just absolutely battles against human nature and it battles against like who we are as humans and the fact that humans aren't perfect as they are like we have to make sure that females are this way or males are this way i don't know if it's and i don't know if it's fully against religion because again i don't know i'm I'm just i'm very liberal in the fact that yeah no i if you want to believe what you believe that's fine but i'm just saying like in certain areas within those religions or within those societies Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, when I say, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just don't agree with it. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with religion or anything like that. But I'm just saying when certain ideas are woven into how you're meant to live, not usually a good thing, especially mm. if it's to do with body mutilation. Humans as they are, are perfect and fine. In all their different forms yeah. and shapes and colours. As soon as you're born, you're perfect. Sexualities. And Who you are is perfect. It you doesn't do matter. not have to transform yourself unless, like, you know, like, if it's your choice, 
all for you. However, if it's someone else doing it to you, it's not your own choice. It's your own human body. You have autonomy over it. Mm. And to have that done to you before you're even like able to, to allowed to choose, yeah, it, it, it's it's barbaric. And oh, again, we are very privileged in the position we are that we are two white women, and we. I, we, I also realise there's some angry people outside. There's some angry drunks outside. So uh, excuse the random burbling in the background while we're. So ca- they carry some children too. Oh bless them. Um, drunk people carrying children always a good sign so we recognize that we are two very privileged women in our society Mm. and we encourage everybody to go and research this topic to support people who've suffered from this anyone that's within this community who's trying to break the silence please you know if you want us to promote your art just contact us because I'm yeah. more than happily share it because oh, it's super... Oh, you know, all of us, like, it's, oh, you want to talk about something? We'll talk about it, we'll show it, we'll do it. Like, we love connection with people. And you know what? Being human is connecting with other people. That's what makes you more human. That's what makes you understand people. And if something's wrong, you want to talk about it, that's what makes you more human, you know? Instead of isolating it, so... Yeah. So I, I really have super respect to the women who are breaking this silence and are talking about their experiences and are fighting against all of this that's happening and mm-hmm. again if you want us to if you have a piece of artwork and I've not mentioned you or I've not shouted you out on our Instagram page already please contact me or if you know of an artist who does this kind of who does artwork within this generation within this field um, contact us we'll shout you out because we think it's super important to highlight um, yeah and it just strikes a very important chord with me because of things that I've had to learn about it and the amount of things that I've heard it makes me sad but I'm glad that there are these incredible people who are brave enough to speak out against it and to that are desperate to make that change and we commend you for being these wonderful brave people and we we just hope that you know i mean our podcast is tiny really in comparison to the grand scheme of things but we hope these two people can help just in the slightest way talk out about it yeah and if there's any of these incredible female artists who want to come on our podcast in the future and talk about it in a greater depth then please we would love especially if you live in london I live here now. I mean, <laughs> I mean anywhere, even if we have to do it with you via Skype. Oh, we, yeah. We would we'll be love, happy. Anywhere in the world. Absolutely love to have you on our podcast, to hear it directly from you, from the people that it's affected. Please reach out to us if you ever hear this. We just hope that you know that this is a safe place that you can do that and that we are super completely fully supportive of you guys and that we want you to reach out and we want to share this and we want people to recognize your work and how important it is mm-hmm. and yeah i mean i don't know what else there is to say really I'm, I'm, i feel i needed to go to bed i I'm just, i feel so like i'm sorry i deflated you darling i'm sorry the subject matter was pretty heavy uh, i mean it's it's so important it's integral for us to know about this mm-hmm and talk about it like Um, there's so many incredible artists that i haven't even spoken about i think these women deserve a voice and they are voicing their opinion and i'm so incredibly humbled i'm i'm just really glad that i talked about the r song before you because i'd have never been able to follow that because i feel so like (laughs) oh 
I'm gonna give Rosie a hug because she really looks like she needs a hug after that. It's I okay, so darling. Sad. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Genuinely, I don't think I even have a recommendation as we go to bed. I don't know I've... if I have a recommendation either. What I can recommend is uh I, can, I recommend Artists Against FGM, I recommend Break the Silence, I recommend yeah. going on NSPCC and checking out their article on it. Mm. There's an article about it on um, the NHS as well. There's loads of different charities for FGM. If you Google it, there's hundreds of them. So go and show them your support. That's our recommendation from this episode. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. That is this... totally our recommendation from this episode. Go and research FGM, go and have a look into it. Go and support these charities and go and support these artists and these brave women. And it's not just people who are producing art. There's loads of women campaigning against it and men that are supporting them too. Go and support them and go and find out more about it and go and find out why it's so important and what a difference you guys can make to supporting these people. And that is our recommendation from this this episode. Yeah, I mean, this this suddenly got, like, wonderfully serious in the best way because I feel like this is so important. But... I also feel that that has to be the recommendation. I can't give any other recommendation because... What can my, you follow that with? Yeah, yeah. Whatever I say would be, like, trite and not... Go right. and support these charities. So so do that and message us if you want to. But we're always here. And we're going to sign off because I'm feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the first half because, you know what? Like, life is, is, a, is a myriad of wonderful highs and horrific lows, so... Hope you enjoyed uh, Hieronymus Bosch and um, the, the Weird Ass uh, musical, um, and also felt more knowledge about like FGM, F- FGM, um, and yeah. So we're gonna sign off because this is heavy, and we love you, and we're gonna be back with you soon. So yeah, sorry for that that heavy no, end to the episode, guys, but it's important. It's important. And again, the episode is silence and mm. we want to break the silence on this matter. And we love you. And we love you and we support you in supporting these people. I'm going to finish my wine and go to bed now. Yeah, I think she needs a nap. I think I laid it out a bit on her too much, so... I, it was heavier than I was expecting, but it was... You know this is always important it's Im- to me. It's so. important, so... On that note, we're going to go. We're going to be back. Yeah. We're going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> We love you. We love you guys. And uh, hopefully next episode we won't be quite so heavy. But, um, no, no, it's good heavy. But, but yeah. if we are, then we are. You know <laughs> what to expect. So We'll sign off. We love you. We'll see you later. Goodbye. See you later, guys. See ya. Thank you.